It's Greg Adanchow, WMBD, 741. Three years ago on a Tuesday morning, we started talking with Dr. Doug Casper at this time. Dr. Doug Casper is an infectious disease specialist at the University of Illinois College of Medicine here in Peoria. And here we are still talking. Um, not that we're in that same spot we were three years ago, doctor, but there's always something new. We're always worrying about new things. I'm going to quote uh, the head of the World Health Organization. He just said this yesterday. Do not underestimate this virus. It has and will continue to surprise us. It will continue to kill unless we do more to get health tools to people that need them and to comprehensively tackle misinformation. So first of all, good morning. Second of all, uh, you know, we've calmed down in America, but uh, I think the number was 175,000 people worldwide died in the last number of weeks. Um, so this is, uh, from a world standpoint, uh, we're still in the middle of a battle. Is that correct? Yeah, there's there's really two sides um, that have kind of emerged here, and they're, they're kind of different perspectives. Um, we talked a little bit last week about changes in vaccination recommendation moving towards almost an annual uh, COVID vaccine uh, availability. And then you have the United States government announcing that they'll allow the public health emergency status of COVID to expire in May. And so those two have set up a scenario where for a majority of people in the United States, uh, COVID will be viewed as more of an annual issue uh, with recommendations kind of based off of uh, any changes, any unforeseen changes. But we won't be in this pattern of, you know, weekly or monthly updates. And, uh, you know, for most people, that is the reality of COVID now, is that COVID has shifted to more of a a long-term discussion uh, with much less, you know, immediate drama. However, for very, you know, smaller groups of people, which we've identified over time here, and certainly people that may across the world have less access to vaccines or medical care. Uh, COVID remains a significant issue, but when we talk about the United States and talk about locally, our, our, our plan to deal with it has dramatically changed and will so going into the spring and summer. The, um, uh, the whole issue of it uh, becoming less of an emergency, President Biden making that announcement yesterday about May 11th and so on and so forth, uh, it, the only concern I have about all of that, I understand some of it is just kind of academic. It's almost paperwork sometimes. But the other part that concerns me is people who never bought into the fact that COVID was a real thing uh, just now think the rest of the world caught up with them, that they that, that they have now been proven right, that it never was a thing. And, and that's a tough intellectual argument. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a, a foundation of healthcare is that you know we we hold some parts of healthcare to be kind of um, accepted across the board, and you know one of those would be the, the power of vaccination. Um, and so, you know, we've standardized this for our very young children going for you know, early visits after a child is born. It's, it's accepted that a vaccine schedule will be part of the discussion with a pediatrician and. It's part of enrolling in schools. And so uh, for adults, the vaccination has much longer been kind of a voluntary uh, pursuit. And so that's where, you know, if everything um, concludes here with COVID, with some changes in policies and much more of an annual calendar, the hope is is that uh, the success and the importance of how quickly a vaccine was brought to the market and available across the worldwide won't 
totally be lost on, on everything else that we've discussed about COVID. You know what I've noticed, <clears throat> and I've been uh, told not to go where there are crowds, so when I go to the store on very rare occasions, uh, I always go right before closing because there's like no one within 100 yards of you, no one's in the store. Um, but I do see people wearing masks. Now, it's maybe one out of ten, <clears throat> but I'm glad because I wear one. I'm glad we're to the point now that if people want to wear masks, uh, it, I, to me, there's a lack of tension now before people are like, oh, you're trying to make a political statement. You know, COVID's over, whatever. It's not as bad uh, at this particular point. And so the mask became a statement. It's kind of nice now to see when you see people wearing masks that they can and, and don't get judged by others. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. You know, if you go back to the original SARS outbreak in parts of Southeast Asia in the 2000s, uh, that same behavior became uh, very common post. And, you know, that was a much more regional, limited outbreak, but still had serious effects with, you know, people getting respiratory illness and dying. But the use of masks uh, and becoming, you know, fairly standard for some people as part of their daily routine, especially with travel or with you know large outings if they have um, if they you know, have some issue that they're worried about, I agree. You know, public health measures as preventative are is very important, and it's up to each individual to decide how they'd like to approach that with their life. But is that becoming something that some people will continue with? Is is actually you know, I would see that as a success of the yeah. education of some of some part of COVID. And I think uh, maybe it continues on because of young people. My 17-year-old the other day, we were in the car, and he said, hey, do you have a new mask? I said, yeah, there's one in the glove box. I said, what do you need it for? He goes, I don't. One of my buddies needs it. Well, somebody was having some kind of a conversation somewhere, a, a teenager, that they wanted to wear a mask for some reason. Either they were sick or they were going to be around other people who might be sick. That's good That's good news to me. Hey, I, I want to ask uh, real quick, Doctor, and I am av- absolutely realize that you are not going to comment about Dan DiOrio. However, it's Dan's scenario, so people like Dan who are dealing with chemo right now uh, that uh, uh, may or may not be thinking about getting the latest uh, in vaccines against COVID or flu for that matter. Is, is there a protocol for people who are uh, under radiation treatments or chemo treatments that they can or cannot uh, or should or should not have a vaccine? Yeah, most of the vaccines that we, almost the majority of them that we give are, are uh, inactivated or not alive vaccine. There are very few vaccines that remain that are alive, um, and even the live ones we call are attenuated, which means they're weakened. Okay. The, the bigger part is, is that you're trying to predict the person's immune system, their ability to make a response to the vaccine, meaning that if you give it to them and their immune system doesn't fire up, the vaccines not of a lot of benefit. And so when we, early on with COVID vaccines, we saw this and there were studies on a Hopkins and transplant patients that showed that repeated vaccination didn't do anything to generate an immune response. And so, you know, I do think that will be an emerging area where we try to really look at this mm. to, to give people more of confidence that the vaccine is helping them. But for the most part, people should remain on a vaccine schedule. There, There is of no risk them becoming ill from receiving got it, got it and then finally uh we'd be remiss if we didn't address the seasonal flu it seems to me that we haven't had the the uh the january uh, spike but where are we with that right now 
Yeah, we had a dramatic uh, across the country downturn in cases right around New Year's, and it's been sustained through January. But in years past, there will be, it has been a second surge that usually comes more towards the spring and the March, April time. So that's, and the flu shot was, um, it matched up very well with the strains of flu that are circulating in the community. So there's, even though low flu right now, I would still recommend to get your flu shot for this expected okay. secondary surge in the spring. However, people who do get it, whether I think it's the uh, seasonal flu, get their butts kicked. They're down for eight yeah, to a, ten it, days, yeah, and they a, said it's rough. Yeah. Dr. Doug Casper, it's good to talk to you as always. Thank you so much for your time, and we appreciate it. Dr. Doug is over at the University of Illinois College of Medicine here in Peoria.